All right. Uh, hello and welcome to the very first inaugural episode of Shop Talk, a podcast about uh, front-end web design development and UX uh, with your host, Dave Rupert, that's me, and Chris Coyer. Say hello, Chris. What's up, everybody? We each are uh, front-end web professionals, and we are excited to be here talking about front-end web design and all of its wonderful, high-dramatic fashions. <laughs> good intro. Yeah, that's, you know. Is that good? High-dramatic fashions? Yes, absolutely. We're here, to, we're here to talk shop, people. We're here to talk about the web and as, as, as nuts and bolts as we can. And I just wanted to say, since it's our first episode, that I just couldn't be more stoked to be doing a podcast about I've wanted to do one for a really long time. And now we're doing it. Episode 500 of the Shop Talk Show podcast, all about front end web design and love. And I'm Dave in the shed. Rupert with me is Chris in the office choir. Hey, Chris, how are you doing on this fantastic, wonderful, celebratory day? <laughs> oh, I love the excitement, man. Oh, hell yeah. Episode 500, it's a big deal. Half of a half of an M, half, half a grand. We, this a, is great. A G. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. 500, and that's, you know, weeks, because we never publish more than once a week. So with 52 weeks a year, it's roughly a 10-year achievement we have done here. Yeah. I think we might even be over. I th- and, and, you know, yeah, I think we're officially over by like two or three weeks or something. But like, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of wild to me because we, we've been doing this every week showing up every week for the last 10 years or whatever. And we have, I think we've like missed two shows or something. Like I had a kid or something like that. (laughs) Like I can't, I I don't think we've missed like very many shows at all over the, out of a mistake. Yeah. Probably something like some Christmas is off maybe like Christmas holiday seasons off, you know? Um, but, but like yeah exactly there was a little bit of that that happened but mostly we just show up and do the show sometimes we you know blog in or uh do do some shows ahead of time a little bit bit of pre-gaming yeah we've probably never even done a month though i bet we're the most we've ever been ahead is like three yeah no because i think for you and i it was like (laughs) for a while there at least it was like you know you take three episodes off boy that's like 10 javascript frameworks (laughs) show (laughs) So for real, yeah. yeah, you can get out of the out of the swing of things pretty darn easily. God scares me a little bit, but let's not think about too hard about that. If we roll back the clock all the way, that takes us to January 9th, two thousand and twelve. Um, that was oh, we did it array style, I guess. So show zero 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 zero. That was that was we just the did a show prequel. we prequel because you have to have like a feed to get on iTunes to get on. So we had to like yeah. Oh, Oh, that's right. You kind of cart before the, your horse before the cart or something so that you put something there. Then you, because the, the day you launch, it's nice if you can be like, click the link to get us on iTunes and it's already yeah, there. Yeah, because it's like a three day turnaround or something to get on iTunes and all that 
crud. At least it was. Yeah, there's probably some stuff we just are forgetting even there. Episode one, though, was with Jonathan Snook. It struck me looking back through, I thought we'd, if we can attempt to chunk this out into blocks of 100 and then express to you, dear listener, kind of the vibe that was happening in those 100 show chunks. And maybe you were have been along the whole ride. That's impressive. Uh, but maybe you did. We're in for a hundred chunk. Maybe out for. I'd consider like, us literal friends if you. Yeah, I mean, you probably know more about me than my wife. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> or at least the work I do. But um, uh, but yeah, like these big chunks. But I think with any podcast listener, you're like in, and then you fade out, and that's what I do for podcasts. Is like I'm I'm on board for a hundred uh, ninety nine pis, and then I'm out for. 200, you know, or something, which I think is just the ebb and flow of podcasts, you know. In looking at the first 100, I was like, wow, look at who said yes to us, you know, in the early days of this. I mean, we were both kind of, you know, around anyway. It's like probably we are already speaking at conferences and stuff. It was like we are complete nobodies, but but pretty, pretty close to complete nobodies. No, you had a popular blog, but yeah. But only in the early days of it, you know, it wasn't. I don't, yeah, I don't think you were even the same as it is you now. Maybe just started working at Wufu at this point, maybe like two thousand. Maybe uh, I can look that up. But then to then to reach out to Jonathan Snook, who is you know already published and famous for Smacks, and you know already had kind of a good luminary career in CSS and bouncing around and bringing CSS architecture to places to be like, sure, I'll be on episode one. Yeah your show kind of wild, and paul irish being episode two and just yeah just a lot of people and it is interesting then this is true of the first hundred especially but is all the shows of the of people who come on the show and then just are just still very much a big part of the industry today and are successful and just doing they might have pivoted a little bit but a lot of people are just straight up just good household name web developers still today yeah no it's kind of impressive and then you know just there's there's people you know uh like a whole bunch of names you know uh i don't want to name everybody but you know like just dan cedar holmes nicole sullivan you know jessica hish like you know these people who are way too ethan marcott people matt marquis people who have no business uh saying we probably couldn't get them now ironically yeah they'd be like "Ah, i'm busy (laughs) So. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that you know we got that we got mostly yeses, and this is uh, I've always found this fascinating about tech podcasting is you can just ask anybody. The chances are you're going to get a yes, and then you'll be like, "How's like Tuesday at noon or whatever?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> you're like, cool. So you have a pretty loosey goosey job. Yeah, you you boss doesn't care. So. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in charge of like booking. You know, I don't know, first grade teachers or something. They'd be like, I'm at work. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, it's all, we're all online anyway. So, you know, I think, yeah, there's only been uh, a couple episodes. But think of Jessica Hish. She's so famous now, probably like, doing kids' books and, and just crushing it and everything she does. I don't know. It still probably pays attention to and can build a solid website, but maybe pivoted a little bit away from that. Dan Cederholm is now kind of retired from Dribble Land and making fonts and stuff. Got pivoted away, but still a influential figure. Zeldman's at Automatic now, but still running like an event apart and all that stuff. People are, are just, they're web adjacent and still just crushing it. You know, Nicole Sullivan that you mentioned is at Google now, influencing the future of the web in huge ways. Mullenweg still on his 
quest to own the internet and doing quite well <laughs> at it, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, slowly but surely, making everything a, a, a GitHub project or an open source a GPL project. So, uh, really cool. So, amazing who we are able to talk to. We would, um, we should almost play a little of the theme song. We'll tell you more about that later in the show, but for now, let's kick things off. Rock, rock and roll, baby. More, you know, more twisted, a little more. Yeah, yeah. So. Not to mention it was like a minute long or whatever. <laughs> like you probably feel like we'd probably lose people to the length of it these days. Um, that fascinating. We used to use literal gun noises for rapid fires, which, which you know, it started to come under scrutiny. And then <laughs> there's no way we could do now. Yeah. Um, that was just a mistake, probably in the early days to to even have gone down that road, but we did, and whoops. Yeah, yeah. well, and then like you know, I I think people gave us feedback like, "Hey, please don't," and we we're kind of not even like great. We we're like, "Well, maybe you know, chill out." <laughs> I don't know, but then it, I, but we did eventually change it to like a more like a pew 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 sound, and then, uh, but then with everything culturally in the united states we said yeah we're done with guns so so yeah i mean the the most legitimate one to me not that all all of those concerns were legitimate i just mean the ones where you're like i'm listening somewhat loudly in my car yeah and i pull up next to somebody with my window down at the you know at the at the stoplight that's not the kind of image i'm trying to put out there you know yeah fair enough um Okay, so wonderful. Rapid fires eventually, we did a lot of them, actually, and for a long time. Yeah, I think, you know, we were doing a guest, like you, me, and a guest, and then it was kind of layering in, I think it was just the alternate format, kind of like, hey, we'll just do like a bunch of... Yeah, and I think we called it meat and potatoes for a long time, and we still use that term a little bit, because the whole point of the show is that you'd write in, because the show was modeled after car talk and such and we wanted it to be very heavy on the you write in we talk about your your question in a way i always thought of like you know leo laporte too or whatever and oh that was the big thing at the time and and uh dan cedar or sorry dan benjamin used to do kind of that too but you know but it was a it was a lot of effort, man. We used to do live shows every week like live recordings with broadcasts with like like RP RMPT. I forgot about live. Yeah. We did literal live this whole period. We were live. We were live before like Twitch and before like you could wow, just hit a I button about in that. OBS and go live. It was like a nightmare to get going. But we it truly was, but you you mostly dealt with that. And then we would wire up chat rooms, you know, that sometimes and worked IRC, and sometimes weren't, and sometimes had hacked, weird delay. And then, like so oh, I forgot all about that. So that was, that was, you know, the first hundred. I'll also say that our first sponsor and one that, you know, if you went back and listened to those shows or noticed or whatever, who just sponsored just everything all the time was Christopher and Ari from Environments for Humans. There's kind of, that's all we did was ads for Environments for Humans. They ran those like CSS DevConf, but uh, just tons of other conferences as well. They would do these online ones way before COVID. Yeah. You know? 
they were kind of innovators in the online conference. And, uh, and then we'd, they'd be, they ran a lot of them. There must have been a dozen of them or something. So there's always a new one to talk about, accessibility focused and all that. They were real pioneers in that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, like looking back now, it's like seems quaint almost, right? Because it was, we were doing online conferences. They were doing six a year or something, Accessibility Summit, you know, uh, CSS Summit, uh, like all these kind of six or seven conferences a year and in-person ones. And then like... You know, who would have known, you know, like 2020 and 2021 would have happened and everything would be online and everyone would have to learn how to do that. So, yeah. Well, they made the mold and kind of made Shop Talk happen in a way. I don't know. I think if we if it was a total drought of sponsorship in those early days that I'm not sure we would have continued. So I, 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 I feel that strongly about it that I think they, in a way, Christopher and Ari made made shop talk happen and have the longevity yeah huge thank yous because i mean it was yeah there's something i i think i've said before just triggers in my brain when you're doing something for nothing versus when you're doing something for money you know like there's a trigger in my brain that's like cool yeah i gotta do it i gotta show up for it i gotta do it you know whereas my open source projects are just rotting (laughs) on the vine you know because i don't but so anyway that's a huge motivator. So, yeah. yeah. Topic wise, you know, there was a lot of talk of responsive web design, a lot of talk about CSS architecture stuff. That was, that was probably it. SAS was a lot because people just, it was just, it's freaking still, it's still a big deal. But it was really a big deal because it was new. Yeah. It was like, know? are you using SAS? Like, and lots of people were like, no. <laughs> like it's too much, you know, or, uh, right. but then that feels quaint now too. Like, why would I want this like machine in front of my authoring, you know, <laughs> which is just those days there, you know, people still kind of say that, but the amount of like actively worked on websites that run a build are like mm, definitely most of them. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm trying to think like when was like, I mean, node, I think was around, right. But it wasn't like use it in production at this point, you know, like in the uh, 2012s. Maybe you were, but I don't, you know, React wasn't even out yet, you know, stuff like that. So, Oh, yeah. Not even out, let alone out, but not used. You know, that's a whole other phase. All right. So, uh, you know, the and then I'll, the last thing I'll say about this, you know, the 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 first hundred we'll say is that we that that um, amazingly to me, that was when me and you sat on a stage at at Dan Denny's front end. What was it? Front end web FEDC front end design conference. front end design conference in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. And we held the microphone to the crowd and said, everybody say, just build websites. And we record it and we use that sound bite a lot. Here it is. Oh, so good. I love it. We have everybody's name on the website (laughs) from that. We're like with special guest, everybody's name from the conference. So, yeah, it's a it, we call it our mantra. I think it's up at slash at slash mantra. Right. Oh, no, it's not. Man, oh, mantra. Sorry, I'm live typing here. Yeah, it's there. I don't see the names anymore. Uh, we should put the names back shit. up. We used to have the names, I remember. But the but I feel like it's a mantra that I, I, I can hold to today. I think the point of it has always been 
that you learn by doing. You learn by doing something real. Websites are real. That's that's the point of this because there's so many questions about talking and learning and what do I learn and yada, yada, yada. And the, the answer to all that has always been like, if you do the work, the learning just happens. And that's the spirit of it. Yeah. No, I think that like still is it for me even, you know, it, it's like, oh man, I'm, I, I overthink things a lot. And it's, you know, if I was just building it, I'd be a lot further along. So yeah, pretty cool. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. That's notion.so. That's where you can go to get started for free with your team. It's a collaborative tool. And, you know, when I first got started working with Notion, this was kind of an unintended side effect of working with it. It wasn't even how it was necessarily marketed, really, but this is how it played out, and I'm very happy about it, is that it replaced a bunch of tools. For example, we needed a tool at CodePen to work on shared tasks, you know, like a Kanban board of like, who's working on what, who's talking about, where, where do I go to reference information about this task and all that stuff. We do all that in Notion, meaning we don't need a separate tool for like project planning kind of stuff because it works in Notion. And then we have meetings. Where do we keep those meeting notes? Well, we probably use some third party app, but we don't need to anymore. We do it right within Notion. And then it's better because it's like you go to work on a task, be like, oh, what did we say when we worked on that last time? Or last time we talked, where are the meeting notes for that? Who was commenting on it and giving extra context and information? Well, it's all a notion, which is great. And then there's just general knowledge-based stuff that we need as well, like who works for us and what's their phone number or whatever in case I need to call them or, or what's our policy on this or Where's some documentation about how we handle support requests for this? It's all in Notion, whereas that would have been like stored somewhere else before. And sometimes those things were rather awkward. Like, oh, it's in this buried Dropbox folder or something. You didn't know that? No, now it's in Notion and not just in Notion, but searchable and easily organized within Notion. That's one of the things I love about Notion. Thanks for the sponsorship. That's Notion.so. Next 100, from 100 to 200, I feel like the WordPress talk beefed up a little bit. Not that WordPress didn't exist back in those early days, but I remember there being, uh, this was the era in which we had to put up an FAQ page that we would occasionally respond to questions, be like, hey, sorry, we actually talked about that like 15 times, and here's the <laughs> here's the episodes yeah. where we did, because we just got the same questions a lot. A we weirdly common one being, how do you sync a WordPress live database and a local database? And there was like a really clear answer to that. And there's still kind of, there's different ways these days, but it was always a WD Migrate Pro or yeah. whatever that, I think I got the acronym w wrong there. PDB Migrate Pro. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I forget. I even forget now why, why you have to go pro, but I think, I think you have to if you want it to just push a button and sync them. Otherwise the free version, you would like download a SQL file. <laughs> which is also kind of fine, but it was more satisfying to let the web browsers talk to you each know, other. And, and so, sorry, I'm digging back here and I'm like, why did we talk about WordPress so much? <laughs> this was around the time 2014, September, 2014 was the jump from WordPress three to WordPress four, which if I recall, was kind of a big jump, right? Like it was kind of the a new UI well, kind of couldn't remember why it was kind of a big jump. And I think it just was a hot, 
commodity back then, you know? So I feel like I've really dragged you into it because sure, shop talk show website is, but you you don't do WordPress work like ever Not anymore. No, I mean we did like like uh, the old podcast I did uh, a, a ATX web show was WordPress. We'd cut WordPress. Did you ever do client. it through Paravel yeah, though? We'd build WordPress client sites and okay, um, okay. I feel less bad here about and it there, then. and it was like super good. You know, it's like every tool though. It's it's like you. Kind of, you build it and then you get rushed and then you build it and then you look back on it and you're like, that that didn't come out good. <laughs> or like that, that was rough. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just, you know, it's on my mind so much because CSS Tricks runs on it and I try to keep it up to date as best as I can. Kind of a seminal moment right now with it, with the, with the full site editing thing, which I just don't know if. Do, do, if I don't do that, am I behind oh. or is that very optional, you know? Because I like I like that it exists, but I also don't feel like it's right for me. But that's how a lot of people felt about the block editor, which I disagree with. So anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, okay. A lot of WordPress, weirdly. Um, that's when we had the Hacker Show, um, which was a just a big episode for us and that it was just widely listened to and a lot of people remember it and stuff. We did an update on that a couple episodes yeah. back because we heard from old Earl Drudge. Um, nothing major to report there, so feel free to just go back and listen. It was no big deal. But yeah, I mean, you. I think it was cool because you got hacked and you got to talk to the person who hacked you. I mean, that's super novel, still pretty novel. I mean, I don't know. It seems cool. I don't but yeah, there just happened to be an open communication channel and we took it. It was also, I, you know, the shop talk show predates, predates code pen just by a little. So even in the first hundred, I think code pen was still existing, but then it took a couple of years to like decide to go big on pro and to hire people and just take it more seriously. So I think of this next block of shows as code pen being much bigger part of my mm -hmm. life. Yeah. So there's shows with, you know, Tim and Alex and, and, you know, then we grab Rachel who was working for us already. And then there's an early show with Dee who wasn't working for us, but ended up working for us. She was kind of part of the clan the whole time anyway. And early code pen days and that bled over into the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was a lot to talk about because you were kind of starting like a big company, you know, you you went from like, I think it was like, Am I right that y'all kind of made it at Wufu or like you're all working for Wufu and then kind of made it as like a demo thing, but then it was like, hey, we're going out and right. And so Yeah. Well a, there's a missing step and that we we all met at Wufu and CodePen didn't exist until we were Wufu was bought by SurveyMonkey. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. we were all at SurveyMonkey and then it and then we kind of broke off. So yeah, one little middle step there. Um I really I I noted that well, A, it was hilarious that we got Paul Irish's mom on for a show. We used to be funny. That, that was, was awesome. good. And <laughs> I I re-listened to that episode uh, because it's – because I was like, why did we do this? But it was ended up being really cool because it, we got to see how somebody used the web in a context that's not web developer. You know, like what does the web right. mean to somebody who's not a web developer? 
but it it wasn't meant to be a lark. It just was funny to to be able to say we got Paul Rogers on. But she worked in like grief counseling and stuff. I met her in real life, and you know, and it was it was great. It was it was really there was there was meant to be value in the show. It wasn't like Lol. did we even tell Paul we did that, or did he find out later? I forget. I don't know. I definitely emailed her directly, so <laughs> I'm sure he was ultimately aware. <laughs> well, how he feels about that, I don't know. Yeah, tricky. We did a, uh, a book club. I, I remember really enjoying that you suggested we read The Cathedral and the Bazaar, and, and that ended up as a good show, I think, that I I looked back fondly on. Yeah. Early days. Yeah. We didn't keep up the book club very well. But. We can reboot it. We we did. I don't know if it was this block. I think I put it in the next uh, block. But we did do the magazine corner where we bought, <laughs> bought magazines at airports <laughs> and talked about them. Yeah. Remember airports? That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I got a bunch of prepper <laughs> magazines. Like <laughs> <laughs> I could have used those, but I think at the time I was re- I was always taken by the like the cheesy entrepreneurial. Oh ones yeah, you want that... to be on whatever Wealth Inc. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bought I bought ones that were just like how to buy a boat, <laughs> you know, or a baby yacht, you know, magazine or whatever. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I remember. So it was during this period. Aaron Dowd was our editor for a long time in the beginning, and then Chris Enns took over for him during this period. And Chris has now been with us much longer. So Chris is the official official, official editor. editor. Of Shop Talk His Show, little podcast empire has been blowing up, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started using Fam transcriptions. Shout out to TFAM. So uh, that's yep, still use her to this day for those show transcriptions. Does a great job. And I don't. I mean, I think we started like kind of here and there doing transcriptions, but eventually we just kind of do bulk. We just say like, here's put a block of five up, right? Like I think we do them all now. To my recollection, I think every episode. Oh, transcribe them. Yeah. yeah. Code pen radio too. We just do them all now. Yeah. It used to be like we'd pick and choose because the money was a little dicier and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just gotten better in that regard. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you for (laughs) listening and sponsoring. We've, we've, we've lost a couple of people, which is weird to think about, but I guess that'll happen when you have so many shows. A little sad. We had Alex King on the show. That was in the first hundred actually Mm -hmm. though, but um, RIP, and then Christopher Schmidt too, who's just was such a dear friend of the show. It it sucks to have to say goodbye to Christopher. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's even now still at a loss for words and what to say. It just you know, it's it's hard. It just so, sucks. Yeah, big big um loss for our community. So. Big time. Um, we, for the, I, I don't think we did anything for episode a hundred or for, generally we didn't, generally we didn't even do anything this special. <laughs> we just, we just trucked on whatever, yeah, yeah. but we did in the, in the, at the end of 200, we did a special look back show. So I didn't actually listen to it, but we did at 300 too, and then not at 400. So whatever. Check, We're doing it again out, at 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does. Cause it's easier to just do a show, you know? And, uh, you know, I even mentioned about, you know, we were on, Todd Libby's podcast the other day, like, I don't even, I'm not even good at eating a donut for, for big milestones and achievements. So oh. something about it checks out, but there is actually a, the, the easiness matters. There's another reason the Chop Chuck to exist this day is that it's not that big of a burden. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think like 
credit to us, uh, we found a formula that we could do for do 500 times in a row and on a weekly basis. And that that's kind of uh, magical, to be honest, because podcasts are hard work and scheduling people, getting people lined up, doing all that. Like that's that's hard stuff. And sponsors and editors and transcripts, that's it's a, a little bit of work to do for fun, you know, for for. Uh, in your spare time, in addition to your day job. So um, I think we kind of, the yeah. formula where There's you and I show up and talk helps the helps yeah. it. So. I think there's been a hundred decisions along the way that have had to always kind of fall down on the side of, well, this is easier actually, so we're going to do this. Like, we're not going to do the live thing anymore. It's too hard. Or yeah. we're going to have to pull in help on editing over here because it's too hard. And we're going to ask more of our editor, you know, they're going to have, they're going to do the WordPress part because it's just getting too much for us to pull off. And we're going to use this tool to record the podcast because the other way is too hard. And, you know, not, it's not always too hard. It's just a little tweak towards making it easier so that we don't burn out. Don't burn out because that's a big thing. But then um, if I could spill my secret sauce on podcasting, like there's there's two things you have to do quality and consistency you have to and the show has to be out every monday because if you push the publish on a tuesday people get all mixed up on like when your show is actually showing up it's so weird but it's like a i feel like a thing but then quality like this you know we're beaming directly into your ears people don't want it to be bad uh people if it's in your car you don't want to have to overjuice the audio just to hear the podcast. So like you need good audio and you need consistent publication schedule. Uh, and for that, you kind of may need to rope in other people to do that. I mean, I, I remember I was putting, doing the editing for the first part, you know, I was putting six, eight hours into it. And and then Aaron Dowd like shows up and he's like, it sounds terrible. Let me help you. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's thanks Aaron. Yeah. So, um, Ooh. So yeah, I think I, there, there's kind of a, I think, yeah, like we kind of made some decisions just, hey, let's, I'll, we'll pay you to do that because that makes it easier. So, Heck yeah. Rather important, I think. I still find it highly important. Scalability in a way. Mm-hmm. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by WordPress.com. You know, somebody told me not long ago, and it stuck with me, that there's this perception of WordPress.com where it's like, well, it's like WordPress on training wheels. (laughs) And I think that sticks to some degree because there's like a little bit of nugget of truth for it. It's really, really easy. It helps you get started a WordPress site. And that's kind of fine. And in fact, I have some sites on it that are using it like very much on purpose because of that because I want none of the work behind like setting up a host and a deployment strategy and a git repo for it and all this stuff that I do want very much so on some bigger projects but sometimes I'm just like I just want to blog about something or I need a really simple storefront or I need a really simple brochure site or whatever wordpress.com excels at those things but it does not have to stop there it's not like there's some point where you have to be like well gotta leave because this is what i want you to know is that they have plan their plan starting at the business plan which is 25 dollars a month which puts it in the kind of mid-tier hosting category anyway as soon as you're on that plan or higher and there's only one higher plan anyway you get 
SFTP access and direct, you know, MySQL database access to that site. Meaning that you could have a site that is a lot like a WordPress host anywhere else that you can work locally. You can have, you know, spin up your WordPress locally and work on it and have a Git workflow and set up a deployment strategy that sends the site up. And then WordPress.com is your host. So you're still installing plugins and manipulating and doing anything that really pretty much anything that WordPress can do. It's just WordPress.com is your host for that site then. I just didn't know a lot of a lot of people don't know that, I feel like, that it can just be your regular WordPress host as well. So thanks for the support, WordPress.com. The next block was 200 to 300. It's funny to think that it was that long ago, but that's when you started your journey towards a full-blown switch to Windows, which is no joke because you're a Mac guy for so long, have since come back but not all the way and not maybe not permanently like the it was such a weird journey yeah i'm back but it was very like rushed back um i guess flashing back i think it was like the summer uh you know we we got a lot of questions into shop talk and it was like hey cool how do i do uh i don't have the compass app on windows to compile my SaaS via a gui so what do I do? And we're just like, well, buy a Mac, <laughs> you know? And like, that's like not a good answer. If you like live in a country where Macs are like, you know, two months, five months of work, you know, um, uh, like it just wasn't a good answer to the question. And so I just said for the podcast sake, I would like to do it. And Ray Bango at Microsoft worked with me and uh, he's since moved on. Um, and, but he, like we, I got set up on an old surface laptop and figured out windows, uh, and it was hard and stuff was broken on windows. And then they, and I was ready to give up and then they launched WSL and then I, so I stuck with it and then I was doing, doing fine. And then eventually like, I just needed this like one piece of software to work and I couldn't get it to work on, uh, windows. Uh, and so I was very mad, but, <laughs> but I did get it to work recently. So I could switch back. Wow. But yeah. But. Cause you know, I think that's just cool that you're like fluent in two things in a way. It's like, you know, knowing multiple languages and stuff, but perhaps even more useful. There's, yeah. I, I mean, I'm probably just like from a sunk cost <laughs> perspective, I'm like on, Mac for right now, like just like whatever. Yeah. This is what I use for work. But you know, I look at you know, I is it sitting right next to you though? Didn't you game on it from it? Wasn't oh, yeah. that part I of the like fun? Yeah. Mac on my left and a PC on my right. Like, and I have a little switch I can push to switch between them. Uh, so oh, so you don't have to like move chairs. No, you I just like same hit monitor a button and that's then cool. I have to manually flip the monitors. But yeah, that's like uh, I got a little setup and so. I, I game on it still at night, so I'll, I'll still use the PC, and the new Windows 11 updates look pretty good, Chris, so I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll head back, but um, uh, but I was, you know, it's I just, I am currently, I have a little bit of PTSD, I guess you might say, from the, from, yeah. from just like fighting my software a little bit, you know, um, but I think it's all better now, but I, I think I'm just like, I'm going to choose stability here, especially as I build a company and all that. So, um, like I'm just yeah, choosing a smidge of stability. So, 
you'd think, you know, it was just especially interesting for us so focused on the web or that you'd think, you know, and I know you're back endy, so the story was trickier, but that, that so much, even of the software we use, but then of what we make, it's like, it doesn't matter. Websites don't care about Windows versus Mac. They care about the different browsers and the versions and stuff, but platform isn't like there's no platform column on MDN, you know? Like, it Yeah, well, 100% really doesn't matter. shouldn't matter, but it does. I mean, just even the quality of website. I used Edge. Uh, Chris, I used, I used like old Edge, you know, Trident Edge, Trident flavored Edge. And, um, you know, stuff was broke and it was kind of wild. Like just you couldn't log into websites or whatever. Cause it's a bummer that it does, you know, there was a, there was a Brian Cardell post the other day that was about how different those ports are, right? Like it's almost a miracle that we don't think about platform so much, right? Cause it's, they're literally different code. Right. Like, I mean, cause it was, you know, I think there's something like, uh, there's, there's edge on Linux now. But not every browser's on Linux. Like, not every Chrome port or something is on Linux because it's like that difficult enough to get to Linux, you know? So, um, oh, yeah. And then it feels like it's stuff like that always feels like it's hanging on by a thread to me then because it's like, why would, why would the company continue to invest in this thing with so few users on it? Yeah. Is it just mercy? Yeah. I don't know. Sys admins somewhere. <laughs> so it's, so life stuff seeped in this period as well. I was writing a SVG book at the yeah. time that ultimately gets published. But that's, of course, so that manifests on the show as like, let's talk to my publisher and other publishers and other people that are writing books. And then once the book comes out, my, I'll do a show about my book and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's fine. The We we closed Rapid Fires out. We don't do that anymore. We still do in the sense of we just do a show about topics and then we put the topics in the title. Yeah. Yeah. We still do like, <laughs> we just don't questions and answers, but it's not the, the classic, you know, gun riddled, uh, rapid fire. So, and we used to experiment with that formula, like five minutes a question or whatever. So anyway, that was, that was fun. Um, you, your, your, your oldest kid isn't 10 yet. Right. Uh, he's so you were, yeah. So, so you had a sh- you your kids all happened during the lifespan of of shop yep, talk show, yep. mm. but it wasn't until this the mid level of that I was a dad. So both your kids are older than my kid, right? I think, yeah, just a hair. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you had then we both became dads, so that seeped into the show a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we had eight o'clock bedtimes. It's great. It's great. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you make it to eight. Well, Jesus. if I'm lucky. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then, you know, so we hit 300, all great. So then now we're in the 300 to 400 territory. We start to think about series. I was doing a talk thing at the time that I was trying to put together, but feel like it was Mm well-researched. So I called it How to Think Like a Front-End Developer and then used this show as a place to do some of that research and had kind of a static set of questions I would ask people. And then when I went around giving that talk, I could say, you know, this isn't just me thinking about this. This is like, like, let's listen to Monica and Peggy and Brad, Brad and Trent and Sam and all these people. And I put audio clips in the post and it just made for kind of a better talk. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And that was a good example of using, you know, crossover stuff. 
you know, like these make good blog posts. I have a series of posts on CSS Tricks about this and a series of podcasts and a talk at conferences, you know. Oh, the full, like 360, to uh, full 360 branded experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, damn right. And all those blog posts have pens in them and all, you we know. You can do YouTubes like to, about it now too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God dang right. And so we're like, a series is cool. Those still exist on the Shop Talk Show. To, to, it was only this version of the site that really embraces the fact that we did series at all. So that's there. You can browse those shows together grouped if you want to. Just click the series button on Shop Talk Show. And then it was kind of your idea to talk to people in the world of JavaScript and we executed that as well. Yeah, we have. So how to think like a front end developer was pretty awesome because, you know, we got it was I think that's where like Brad was like front of the front end and back of the front end. And that like turned into a huge kind of concept, I think, you know, and, and then even your like great divide post was kind of, I guess, informed or built or kind of right around the same time, um, which I think is a seminal piece of uh web development uh blogging uh but then yeah we it was kind of like a what's up with javascript <laughs> or like and so we talked to a bunch of js maintainers like henry Zhu from babel and uh Lori voss was at npm at the time jason miller from preact uh rich harris like had just launched a thing called svelte uh, and so Evan Yu was on talking about Vue and Vue 3 and, and um, Guillermo Rausch from Next.js. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might remember that. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of uh, very interesting to see, like, just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a big year for JavaScript and a big year to kind of catch up on everything. Because um, that would have been what? Let's see, 20... I should know that I should have the series right here. I guess that so the year is 2019 was the series. Yeah, so 2019, I mean, JavaScript's this kind of peak JavaScript, but um, it was good. I think so. Yeah. And then you, and then again, you had the idea to just do it all over again later. That was in the 400 to 500s. But yeah, we, we did again in yeah, maybe we'll do it 2021, again. but it was just because it was like, has it changed? Um, and I think it just what was interesting about that and kind of skipping ahead, but it's just the we're in a new area and, and ESM has really un, unlocked this whole era of tooling. And and I know it's so funny to think about, but it really has. It's like really the imports and export statements change JavaScript. And it's like, yeah, they do. Yeah. And now we can write little Rust applications. Rust didn't exist when we started the show. Uh, we can write no. Rust applications that just chew this stuff up. And so it's it's kind of incredible. So. They do. Those were great. Those were great series. We started talking about Jamstack a whole bunch because that became a little paradigm shifter to talk about. We started talking about CSS and JS because that, you know, now we get more questions about that than we do WordPress, even though WordPress is just as big. For whatever reason, it's not in the dev zeitgeist as much. I don't know why. I still live in that world a bunch, but you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was a that was a big shift. I, I think, you know, it, it kind of like, I mean, React kind of broke the paradigm of like, let's put temp- everything in JavaScript, like templates, you know, and then people are like, let's put the CSS in the JavaScript. And then there was a huge backlash and... 
uh, you know, and it's kind of interesting to see how it's all shaken out <laughs> now. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the, you know, CSS and JS is kind of a thing. I mean, like web components basically use it, but I think the shape of it's still changing or it's going to get, it kind of went like all client side and then it went kind of all, all pre-generated style sheets, you know, web packed, web packified, you know, um, so uh, I think this, yeah, it's probably fair to call this like the era of Webpack. You know, it's just this, like we were just putting everything in JavaScript and Webpack was chewing it all up, you know? So uh, kind of an interesting situation there. It was uh, the same that was during that time I published The Great Divide on CSS Tricks, which is just, you know, it's not our highest traffic page, but it's definitely our highest traffic essay. And I just feel like a lot of people still reference it and think about it in that way. And it, all, all it was was it was, a, it was, you know, it was a kind of a callback to th- how to think like a front end developer and people feeling this proliferation of JavaScript and this new era of JavaScript and how many developers are so deep in that world. And kind of calling out the idea that it feels like if you go really deep there, it's sometimes at the cost of other front-end fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. And like not, and sometimes that causes tension. It doesn't have to, but it can. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing. It's just that there's so much to learn about that ecosystem that that's where your specializations are. And the tension comes in, well, if the final product is not reflective of if it, you know, if the people that work on the project are only people that never got around to learning accessibility and all that, that 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 the final product of websites can suffer, and hence the tension. Um, but not, you know, wasn't as much understanding about it at the time as I feel like, and that's my regret about it is that I painted it as this like as this battle or something that I I don't I don't think that's quite what the post says, but that's how it was taken perhaps yeah yeah so it's this divide that that cannot be solved you know like i don't like painting politics like that either because that feels very sad and inevitable to me and i don't like that feeling and i don't want to contribute to it so that's the one regret there well it's 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 what's interesting is when we started this podcast front-end developer wasn't a term like i think there are shows where like hey there's this new word out front-end developer what do you think um and it wasn't it wasn't word when we started and now it's very much a word and i think this post was kind of like hey there's this thing called front end development uh it's a big bucket it means a lot of very different things to a lot of people and you know and i think you know some people are might have yeah kind of reacted like oh there's a divide good (laughs) or oh there's a divide bad i'm sure there's both sides of that camp you know like there should be a divide a bigger divide you know but um yeah that i don't know that that every time i hear brad frost front of the front i'm like that's a great way to put it so still i think there's some language and mina had a really nice quote right mina i'm gonna have to try to find uh, her thing was like Front end developer is like it's anything that touches that goes to the user. Is that what I was? It, it was, uh, yeah. Mina, Mina Markham's quote of like, yeah, that, I mean, that was basically it. It's like anything that 
a user sees. Anything a user sees is is the domain. And I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, just perspective, like that we're all responsible for that. And so we all that I think if we center around that, like there's a lot of good principles that can come out of that, you know, just like it's gotta be fast. It's gotta be performance. It's gotta be secure. It's gotta be accessible. It's gotta be, you know, there's, there's some common ground we can build up there. So. Absolutely. Oh, and then the final, the final phase, the last couple of years, I mean, you can't avoid the freaking pandemic. It's been with us for years now. So plenty of talk about that and how it's shifted all the online work, online conferences, all that. Online conferences, you know, we kind of even shifted our show, not in, you know, we probably, I think I said a couple episodes ago, we could have just had people on, I guess. And we did have people on, but like, I think for us, it was just even like, let's just do settle into some rapid fires. That's probably the easiest, you know, effort, you know, path of least resistance, you know? So we did a lot of that, but you know, we got guests kind of coming on again, so that's good. But, but that, yeah, but that like JS series, JS, 2021 series was kind of cool just because it was like, Hey, wow. The, the tooling has super changed. So we're get ready. Cause even CSS is super changed that this last two years of CSS land with container queries and all that stuff is huge. Oh, so dude, it's just, it's just revving up too. So plenty of content for the future for us in that way. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of catching fire. And so I, I think like that's, something i'm excited about so that's a good let me let me let, let's end with i'll just i'll just list some of that out so you can so we'll we'll, we'll end with not reflecting but looking forward right yeah I, I published this post what should someone learn about css if they last boned up during css3 which i've heard a bunch that's kind of the thrust of jen simmons like there should be css4 and css5 because css3 was so even though CSS3 was meaningful spec-wise in an interesting way and CSS4 wouldn't be, it doesn't mean that we can't steal it marketing-wise Yeah, to say this chunk of stuff is CSS4 and thus you should learn it because it's kind of a thing. And that has already happened and we're headed into CSS5. Kind of, yeah. We CSS4 happened while we were sleeping and now we're going into CSS4. Which is grid and flexbox, custom properties, preference queries, some new color stuff, variable fonts, you know, clipping paths, masks, filters, all that stuff did not exist in CSS3. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a big chunk of stuff. Uh, I don't know where you put all the web component stuff, but maybe that's in there too. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah. what's coming? CSS five would be like container queries, container units, independent transforms, scroll uh, timeline, nesting, scroll timeline, the has selector, uh, the new school viewport units that aren't messed up, cascade layers, at when, you know, scoping. Like, holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> those are not all up in my brain entirely yet. You know, like I know what they all are, but I do not know like the quirks and the, you know, the muscle memory and all that. Yeah, muscle memory for reaching for it because you're. I'm so used to just doing it the old way. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's really interesting to think about. Like CSS four already happened, and we are we are actually going into CSS five. So we skipped a number. So yeah, maybe we should get Jen to talk about that. That'd be good because I like that framing. You know. Okay. Well, thanks, Dave. What a what a journey. Let's get a milkshake later. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna head. I'm, I may even head up to Sonic and get Grape Nerd Slush. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's that's 
Yeah. Did you know? Did you know Sonic had a Kevin Durant slushy, which it's just it had fruit in it, and I think that's what made it sports. But I like to think, you know, after the big the big sport game, Kevin Durant's like, I'm gonna roll up to Sonic, park my Bentley, and order this this nerd slush with fruits. Oh, dude, I've loved that. Like seeing Michael Jordan just have a two liter of Coke that he's just squishing into his mouth. You're like, that was the first and last day you ever did that. Yeah, yeah. Zero body fat, (laughs) elite athlete. Yeah. Just, just, just drenching himself in Coca-Cola classic. Yeah. Yeah. Leave that to us chair bound web developers, please. (laughs) I think the next section of shows is we're going to get that barbecue spots sponsor. That's fine. I'll, I'll do that. I met Kevin or uh, I met uh, uh, Franklin, uh, Aaron Franklin uh, once. And I was his kid and my kid were playing. And I was like, I did, but, 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 like, <laughs> let's hang out next weekend, yeah. too. So anyway, we'll get the barbecue sponsorship worked out. Uh, they got to pay for it, though. You know, I don't want a handout here because then we've earned it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I would like uh, Pays good, uh, a whatever, a brisket delivered airdropped would be better. Uh, oh, so, sure. Yeah. There's trade. Yeah. Trade would be good. I do trades. So. All right. Well, cool. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. The episode 500. Thanks everyone for uh, joining us along the way. I mean, it's again, like y'all make it happen. You're the listeners. We appreciate that. We, we love your questions. We love uh, trying to answer them. Uh, and so, yeah, we, Again, we we love that y'all have tuned in for however long, the whole time, a little bit, whatever. So we we really appreciate that. Um, so thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, thank you for downloading this in your pocket to your choice. Starheart, favorite it up. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show, Shop Talk Show, 16 tweets a month. Join us over on the Discord, patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. We have YouTube's now. That's a new invention in the last hundred episodes, and uh, so oh yeah, I get it. Check those out and just published one this morning as we record. Pretty hot video right there. So uh, yeah, so jo- join us over there. And uh, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? <gasps> Choptalkshow.com slash mantra. <laughs>